0: we're getting to the end of the Easter season. Next week is Pentecost, but this week we celebrate the ascension of the Lord, and we have two different accounts of it. Uh, One from the Gospel of Luke, which we just read in that first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, right at the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles. And I'm sure it must have been somewhat frustrating from the Lord on a human element. I'm sure it didn't face him too much. He's God and everything, but like he had just spent these 40 days with them after three years of teaching them. And he's sitting there saying like, all right, guys, this is, this is my last moment with you. And all of his followers there is like, so, um, so you're going to kick the Jews out? Or are you going to kick the Romans out of the Israel right now so we can have like our kingdom again? Like, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he's just like, no, you don't get it. You don't get it. And you think about like salvation history, which is a big thing, but ultimately, summed up real quickly, and you know, we had the Lord, and we had the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and they desired that we would experience life, you know, that there would be creation, and that we'd be given free will, this opportunity to choose to love, to know, and to serve God, or not, right? But we were created, certainly, to be in relationship with Him, and then we have Adam and Eve, we have the first uh, sons and, son and daughter, and they fall out of relationship with the Lord, right? That, that infinite chasm between the Creator and a, and a finite creature. And right off the bat, there was this problem of, like, okay, we as finite creatures are never going to be able to satisfy this, this chasm that sin created between us and God. So the Incarnation, right, Christ becomes flesh He comes down here both fully God and fully man so that he's able to to restore that relationship. And it's like, okay, this is a really good plan, right? That the Lord would come down here. He'd spend 33 years, uh, the last three, teaching everyone about the fullness of what it means to be in relationship with God, and then he's going to die on the cross. It's like, okay, I love this so far, so that, that he can restore that relationship. Three days later, come back and conquer death saying so that when one day we die, we can have that hope of being resurrected again. And then to spend this extra time with the followers, sort of continuing to teach. It's like, okay, up until this point, everything, I'm right with you, seems like a great plan. But then this whole ascension thing takes place. And Jesus is like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, but I am going to leave. I'm going to take both fully uh, man, the, the body, right, that incarnated flesh of Christ is going to go up and be there in heaven and it's like well I mean you could have stayed Jesus could have stayed here and like still been here helping us Like that, that seems like it could have been a pretty good option so that when there's problems in the world um, which there's many problems in the world none of us need to look very far to see that we could just be like alright Jesus go fix it Go stop the fighting, go stop the craziness, and, uh, you know, put them in their place, as opposed to us just sort of trying to figure it out. But the Lord, and we may never know until we get to heaven, but the Lord wanted to leave uh, as a part of his plan to pass the torch on to us, to continue this process of preaching the good news, of living in community with one another in our parish family, and to allow the joy of the gospel to be something that that we spread that we interact with and you wonder like why why did the lord do that so i've been thinking about that and praying about that this week and you know, sometimes whether it's a, a work team or a school project or like even a sports team if there's a superstar it can actually lead to the detraction of, of the rest of the team. Because when it comes down to it, they just go, you know what, we're just gonna let the one who's got it, they'll figure it out, we'll just mess it up, right? And this is like, you remember being in a school project and 90% of the work is done by one person, right? Everybody else just sort of takes that, that back seat. Or sometimes in a sports team, like basketball it kind of works if you have LeBron James, but if you have like a baseball team, like you need a whole team. You can't just have one person out there It's not going to work. It's the same thing in soccer. You need a whole team, not just one player. And for us, there's something that the Lord really desires with us being hands-on. What does he say in his last moments to go out once you have received that power from on high to preach his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem, but to go out throughout the world. He wanted us to do that. So at the Ascension, we really have to look at our own selves and say, where are we in this mission of preaching the gospel? Are we just taking that sort of backhand seat and saying, I'll let somebody else do it. Somebody else can go tell others about Christ. Or are we the ones who are preaching the message? And another temptation of that can be with priests as well, that... At a parish, they'll just be like, you know what, the, the, the priest can kind of take care of that. We don't need to worry about that. But, but really, there's not that many priests. There's a lot of people in St. Charles. We need all of you to be the parish. That yes, there's moments to teach and pray and to learn and to edify, but this parish isn't a parish without all of you living your faith on your sleeves each and every day. Right? And This is the time of year, and I'll say more at the end of Mass, but you know, my time here at the parish is coming quickly to an end. And this parish, more than maybe most, is used to having priests come in and priests leaving. But what stays the same? You. You are the parish. You are where the Holy Spirit wants to live, wants to continue to grow wants to, to claim this area for Christ and realizing the responsibility that comes with that. And when Christ is saying, go and preach my name to all nations, he's speaking to you. And we can't just sit back and be like, oh, let somebody else do it. Let the priest do it. The Lord is saying by, in the ascension, I want you to do it. That's a hard thing. And we certainly don't have to do it on our own. That's why we'll celebrate Pentecost next week. But how we go about doing this, you know, the Lord tells us, through the example of his early followers. Right after he leaves, it'd be like, oh man, this is sad. The Lord has left us. We're orphans. No, that's not what it says. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple, praising God. At the mark of a Christian is joy. Authentic Christianity It's joyful. And when it's not, it misses the mark. And that's probably along the lines of why roughly 75 to 80% of Catholics in the United States aren't gonna go to church today. Because they don't have that joy. Or they haven't seen that joy. When you have seen someone truly living the gospel, truly allowing the Beatitudes to effuse from every cell and their body, it's attractive. You want to be a part of it. And if that joy is missing from your life, it's not God's fault. It's our fault. We need to go to confession. We need to get the burdens that are keeping us from receiving that grace from God. We need to forgive who are not forgiving. Whatever it is that's blocking us from receiving that joy it's miserable not being joyful is the worst I've experienced that at times in my life and it's not that fun so for us brothers and sisters let us allow this ascension to be that reminder to us that the Lord has has given us the task of being the foot soldiers of every single day allowing the joy of the gospel to be something that, that, that Christ is just on our name Weird way or whatever. We don't to have to be going door to door. Well, maybe that's not the worst idea. But to always have Christ's name close to your lips. And then a final reminder that this is not our home. That the Lord is waiting for us. That one day when He calls us home, He will bring us home waiting for that salvation. Waiting for that for all of us to be able to be together in heaven, enjoying the eternal rewards forever. So there's great hope, there's great hope. The Lord trusts us. Let's be confident in that and allow ourselves to be the tools of the Holy Spirit.